You're listening to Scaling Up Services, where we speak with entrepreneurs, authors, business experts, and thought leaders to give you the knowledge and insights you need to scale your service-based business faster and easier. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeld. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind, expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com slash Thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash Thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Scaling Up Services. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. And our guest today is Safwan Shah, and he is founder and CEO of PayActive. He's also the author of About Time, which is a book about how we pay our workers in this country. So we're going to talk about those things. Safwan, it's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you for being on the program. I'm excited to be here. So why don't we start with a little bit of your background? So uh, I know you've been uh, an entrepreneur. You've uh, been in Silicon Valley for a while. Tell us a little bit about your professional background, how you got to pay active, and then we'll talk a little bit about the book and the work you're doing. Yes. uh, So by training, I'm an engineer and uh, I have a a master's in electrical engineering and a PhD in aerospace engineering. So Mm -hmm. I am an engineer. Yeah. Uh, I've been in Silicon Valley for almost uh, 24, 25 years now, and uh, I unfortunately never had a you know proper day job. So I became an <laughs> entrepreneur yeah. very early on. And I would say I became an entrepreneur by accident because uh, it wasn't very easy for me to find a job that I could fit in. And one thing led to another, I became an entrepreneur and um, maybe six, seven companies uh, mm-hmm. that I've been uh, I either started or been part of, and uh, most of them didn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. But then we don't talk about those companies. <laughs> uh, but the ones They're that the learning. Did, That's where the testing grounds. That's where we learn how to do everything right. Yeah. Failure is just training. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but I've been in the financial services or fintech or payments industry for um, over 20 years. Yeah. And my past, the previous company was also in payments in Phenox, which was acquired by um, another large payments company. And mm-hmm. then uh, I kind of had this deep yearning, I would say, to teach. And uh, I became adjunct faculty at uh, Haas School of Business, uh, University of California in Berkeley. Then I also taught uh, undergrads at uh, University of California at Santa Cruz. Then another sort of desire was to go back to school. And I went to (laughs) Stanford uh, for their uh, Stanford executive program. I did that almost eight, nine years ago. And the, the whole premise was that, you know, I'd been in business all my life, uh, whatever, entrepreneurship. Yep. And I just wanted to know what are the formal ways to do that. <laughs> a lot of entrepreneurs that I talked to, you know, never had formal business training. And it's it's funny because it's both kind of this knowledge thing, but it's all this kind of credibility thing. Like they worry like, well, I'm, I'm running these businesses. I founded these businesses, but I don't have any formal business training. So it's not an uncommon story. I think, uh, and maybe I'm, I can't be unique. So... I always felt that there is something more. Mm. And if I knew that, I would do differently or better. (laughs) And you keep, it's like you keep going to the library and looking for a book that Uh, would give all the answers of the intractable problems. But there isn't something. You have to go through it. You have to live it. Yeah. 
Yeah. This is how I arrived into this current journey, which is, mm -hmm. of course, pay active. And uh, this was a mission purpose based um, company, is a mission purpose based company. And mm -hmm. I took almost uh, two years off doing nothing. Yeah. And I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Yeah. And uh, spent a lot of time on a golf course and uh, coffee shops and things like that. And wanted to do something which was meaningful or yeah. substantial or inspiring to me and motivating. And this idea met all the conditions because we are going doing good at the same time. We're building an amazing business. Yeah. And so what is, what, is the, what is the situation, the problem, the, the challenge that you're taking on with PayActive? So having been in the payments industry for some time, I had a good idea of the lives of people who mm -hmm. are uh, living paycheck to paycheck. But yeah. I kind of got fascinated by it around this fundamental notion that why is it that you know, the, the most powerful and the richest and perhaps the most compassionate country has such a large number of uh, people living paycheck to paycheck. And what does that really mean? Yeah. And, and Bruce, now, you know, it's come into our public narrative, whether it's political or, you know, in media, that we're understanding and talking about paycheck to paycheck. So that thing grabbed my attention. And while I was doing nothing, as I like to say, <laughs> I was thinking about this. And uh, this led to... This fundamental idea which PayActive is based on that there are way too many people in the U.S. living paycheck to paycheck. Yep. Granted, we understand that. Yep. And uh, U.S. has about 60% uh, of its workers who are clock in, clock out. Okay. Or uh, you know, hourly. Time-based, time hourly, yeah. Time-based workers. And so I said that for every two weeks, living paycheck to paycheck, they're earning some money, but they don't get paid for until two weeks have passed. Mm -hmm. During that time, between those two weeks or between paychecks, they are getting timing-related dings like penalties like late fees. If your rent is late, mm -hmm. you've got a $65 fee. If your yep. phone bill is late, you've got a fee. And then they are getting hit by overdrafts. And they do overdrafts not because they're all messed up, but they just don't have the money. Now, how they got there was not something I could solve. Yeah. Yeah. So I said the only two things that we focus on, one is how much people are paid or the level of salary. Mm -hmm. The second thing we focus on is how they are paid, which is structure like taxes and you know subsidies mm -hmm. and so on. But what has been ignored by the world and not just in America, but mm -hmm. for thousands of years, years is when you are paid yeah. or timing. Yeah. Now, who decided two weeks or monthly? Now, who decided it? If I ask yeah. Anyone question, they can't come up with an answer. Yeah. It's just the way it is. Yeah. And somehow waiting to get paid is character building. So, but that oh, isn't true. Yeah. That isn't true. Yeah. And so this led to the creation of Pay Active, which is a you know double entendre. It's Pay Active or Activate Your Pay. Yeah. And um, and this idea kind of launched the company, and I was very fortunate. We were backed by amazing investors. I was an early investor in my own company. Mm -hmm. Assembled a great team. Yeah. And now we are almost five and a half, six years in this journey. And there's a lot of stories, a lot of things we have learned. And I can go into them if you want me to. Or Yeah, well, let's talk about it. So let's just frame it a little bit more for folks. I think it's an interesting dynamic, I guess, in terms of businesses. And I, it's funny, I, I think a lot about it, or I, I work with a lot of companies on the kind of the employer side. And when we're kind of managing cash flow and stuff like that, one of the things that comes up a lot is, well, how frequently are you paying your people? And, you know, if you're doing every other week, or if you're doing once a month, or you're doing twice a month, like all these things kind of factor into cash flow and, and you know, how 
when you pay ends up impacting your cash position, well, there's the flip side, which is what happens with your employees. You know, so and if you're paying, you know, if you're paying every week versus every other week versus once a month, you're basically the, the an employee is 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 building up a liability or you're building up a liability with an employee and then you're paying that liability off. And so it sounds like what what this is really getting at is, well, the consequence for the employee is that they now essentially have to fund fund that period of time. Like they they have to sort of invest that week or two weeks or you know month before they actually get cash on hand. And you want to change that dynamic, make it so that they have yeah. better access to the money that they've earned. Exactly. You you said it well, and I often summarize it in in, in by saying that uh, it's a trade-off. Yeah. And uh, let me give you an example, like, like to make it concrete, that um, we pay our landlord in advance. Right? Yeah, exactly. If you, if you rent a place, we pay a landlord <laughs> in advance. So obviously, landlord has leverage. Yeah. Uh, we pay our vendors upon delivery or we have terms yeah. that if we pay you with 30 days, 60 days, then these are the terms. We'll pay you this much more because mm-hmm. you're kind of financing us. Yeah, no, yeah, you're absolutely. What you you're supplied doing. the yeah. material and I won't pay you for 30 days. So here's your, our customers pay us as soon as they get, um, we give them the service. Yeah. So we paid the landlord in advance. We have terms or upon delivery payments for our vendors. Our customers pay us immediately. Like if you walk into Starbucks right now. Yeah, <laughs> you don't get a they, bill and pay it at the end of the month. Yeah, they don't kind of smile at you and say, <laughs> hey, you know, you've got 30 days to pay this. <laughs> so, but the person who served you the coffee yeah. has to wait two weeks to get paid. Yeah. So it's kind of, uh, so why do we need to take a loan from the least um, leverage, the people with the least leverage, the poorest or the ones working on an hourly wage? So that is what I'm kind of questioning, that we don't have an advantage. Now, the counter argument is, hey, I've got this cash management, cash flow, Mm -hmm. treasury function that I do. And if I hold this salary for two weeks, it accrues a variety of benefits to me. Yeah. If we do the calculation, it is probably a very nominal amount. And yeah. if you yeah. could use that to build greater engagement with your employees, the return would be in positive return would be in spades. Yeah, yeah. That's what we've discovered uh, that bigger turnover improves. Yeah, bigger you know, picture thinking around stay that. Longer. Well, let's say I, I would say you know acquisition. I mean, you know, finding talent, being able to bring on talent, it would be it's huge. True. Yeah. You know, if you can, if you if you show, if you can basically. Tell somebody that, look, you're going to get paid more frequently. You're not going to have to wait two weeks to get paid. That, that's going to make me a much more attractive employer. Especially in an in a, uh, economy or marketplace where the task-based uh, gig worker mm-hmm. can get paid on a task. And the success of uh, Uber and so forth show us that people like to manage their time. Yeah. So they can work when they want and they would prefer or certainly like to get paid. That's why millions of people are going into the gig economy. Yeah. And now large U.S. businesses which need hourly workers are competing with them. Yeah. That, you know, how do you ask an Uber driver who works, drives for Uber for four hours a day to work at Nordstrom? Yeah. Uh, behind the counter. Yeah. Yeah. So these are the, the so I'd say that three variables, uh, Bruce, mm-hmm. there's re, uh, retention, which many studies, uh, the recent one was at the Harvard Kennedy School study, which we provided data for that. It's a, at least a 20 percent improvement in turnover wow. or retention. Yeah. And each employee's replacement cost is somewhere between two thousand to three thousand dollars. Yeah. 
because it involves retraining and you know etc mm-hmm. background checks mm-hmm. so that's the that's a huge impact the second one is recruitment mm-hmm. we have hundreds of employers that use us and they actually advertise on indeed and other websites in fact on their own job sites with we offer this financial wellness benefit yeah it is come into the equation of attracting people yeah. and engagement is sky high uh, because like they, they, the employee says you know finally finally mr miss employer you understand what my problem is mm-hmm. like otherwise talking about money is you know you don't talk about money at work mm-hmm. you don't talk about religion you don't talk about politics you don't yeah. talk about money yeah. the first two don't hurt you <laughs> <laughs> when you don't talk about money, that's like saying the one reason I work here is to get Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're not going to talk about oxygen. Uh, you know, it's really don't need it. So I'm curious because I think, you know, just thinking through the business kind of challenge of this, the the argument or the the model of I'm going to pay every two weeks, you know, is kind of a, a risk mitigator on the on the employer side a little bit. It's like I'm going to, you know, you know, I'm going to have two weeks of your performance before I pay you. If I try to go the other way, you know, if I go to the landlord model, it's like, well, I'm going to prepay you for two weeks of work. That becomes problematic. You know, so then then you get down to, well, can I pay you more frequently? The issue there becomes transaction costs. And like, I don't, I don't want to, I mean, as having someone who's run a company and had to run payroll and all that stuff, the idea of running payroll every day (laughs) would be daunting. (laughs) How have you kind of structurally addressed this whole kind of like the the cash flow gap and the transaction costs, like explain how you're kind of a structurally approaching this. So the first thing that you 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 pointed out correctly, the first thing is the employer is not very keen to put up their own money. The good news is that not every employee needs access every day. Yeah. Even better news is that we don't provide everyday access to money and nobody needs it anyway. Mm-hmm. So what they need is a timely access to money. Now, if let's say 50% of the employees need a portion of their salary on certain days, we don't know which days of the two week they mm-hmm. need it. So my company, PayActive, puts up front the funds. Got it. We go and become a vendor or partner to the employer. We don't go direct to employee. Mm-hmm. So we're not a lender. Okay. So we go to the employer and say, we will provide the money that your employees need mm-hmm. when they need it. And we have a mobile app which employees can download. We get access to the time and attendance data, mm-hmm. which tells us how many hours somebody has uh, worked. Uh, hence, you know, the book, It's About Time. Yeah. And um, you go ahead and use that to do all kinds of algorithms. Some people have garnishments, some people have other challenges. So mm-hmm. we have to work around all those. And we put a guardrail in it. An employee can access a portion of their salary, considerable, okay. but it could be 30%, 40%, 50%, 20%. Mm-hmm. They go ahead and take the money from pay active. We front the money, Got no it. change to the employer. Employer doesn't even know that that has happened. Mm-hmm. They may just, uh, you know, Tell the employee the benefit is available. Mm -hmm. At the end of the pay cycle, just like every pay cycle, the employer runs the payroll. They look at the different amounts. We send them a file, Mm -hmm. details of the file. So whether it is through deduction or pay active directly debiting the employee, we take care of the reimbursement to ourselves. Got it. So the employer has no additional work. Money's coming from us. They yeah. did not pay us as a vendor. Employee had to pay, we, we charge a flat fee for two weeks. You okay. can use the service one, two, three times. It's $5 if you're a biweekly payroll and $3 if you're a weekly payroll. Got it. But the astounding thing we discovered is that 
you'd say that everyone would just draw down on all the money they've earned. Yeah. Because remember, we're not giving future wages, we're giving yeah. already earned. Yeah. So even if the person quits, doesn't really matter. Yeah. Because they took money that they would have got anyway. Yeah. So what happens then is, employees said about 35%, and we surveyed them, and they said, you know, uh, we said, why do you need this money? It was always about avoiding a late fee or yeah. an overdraft. Now, yeah. overdrafts are $35 billion in fees per year. I know. And yeah. then the notorious payday loans are 6 to $7 billion. That's crazy. Yeah. So, so, all yeah. These, so we said, oh, that is the reason. So we immediately, we figured out ways on how they should get the money. So we can move it to their bank account immediately. Mm-hmm. Okay. We can move it to any prepaid card. Then many of them said, we are going to pay a bill. So we said, why don't we add bill yeah. pay to ourselves? Yeah. So you can access your money and then you can pay your unlimited number of bills. So we're like a bank for the unbanked. Yeah, this is an interesting one because that's a, I mean, that's a huge problem is the sort of the unbanked or the unbankable part of this economy. And, and, you know, unfortunately, I mean, I guess it, you know, from a financial services point of view, you know, there's certain logic in terms of why, you know, banking those people is so expensive. And so then why the fees are so high and all that stuff, but it's, it's a self-perpetuating social issue, right? I mean, the, the, you know, people that have don't have access to banking services end up having huge amounts of fees associated with trying to do banking services and they're the least able to pay this stuff. So, yes. I mean, at some level, this is a, it's a nice solution that isn't, it's just sort of getting better access at the money that they've already earned and allowing them to kind of use it. And it sounds like what you're saying is that it's, it's not, that they're using it to avoid some of these problems, some of, some of these high fee, um, you know, situations that that come up so so that they don't have to you know incur those exactly. fees which makes it it's even timing. worse it's uh, so what we like to say it, and it's very uh, you know it's articulated this with timely access to earned wages yeah it's not daily it's not weekly it's not it mm-hmm. is timely or on demand access to earned wages control goes to the employee now mm-hmm. that they have better control it's like peace of mind imagine leaving your home with no money in your pocket and no way to get it of course yeah. the payday lending store will be attractive yeah so that timely access to earned wages then all those services that allow you to save money like bill pay like uh, if you had a visa card you can load it on it so you mm-hmm. can buy various things yep. we also added uber without having mm. an account with uber you can use money, you can use 30 minutes of your work. Let's say you uh-huh. make $20 an hour, you need $10, right? Yeah. Let's take an example. Yeah. You want to get to work because there is no gas in your car. Yeah. So we integrated Uber. So without even having a credit card, you link your earned hours with Uber. So we did that and it's huge. The impact yeah. is huge. Well, that one's interesting. Yeah, actually addressing the things that prevent people from being able to get to work and earn exactly. the money. Exactly. Yeah. And running out of gas is one of them, believe it or not. Yeah. Another one is the stress that accumulates if you don't have food or you have yeah. to get a backpack for your child. So we then connected Amazon Cash. Yeah. That if you wanted to buy a backpack for your kid mm-hmm. and you needed a $30 backpack, it was 20% off on Amazon. But you don't have the ability to buy on Amazon. Yeah. Because you don't have a credit card, you don't have a bank account, you go to a, a corner store, give them cash, so they load money to an Amazon account, then the product gets shipped. That's a lot of work for you. Yeah. So we've added that into our app. Yeah. So you can just from the app, it is all those financial services which banks don't think of giving. Yeah. Because they want to get deposits. These individuals don't have money to deposit, yeah. but they're willing to do many transactions. Yeah. yeah. It's that kind of approach. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Some of this, I mean, just from a, I'm thinking through as a business side, it's it's almost like factoring my receivables. I mean, it's, uh, exactly. 
You know, I, 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 I need it. I need the cash now for something that somebody owes me in 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. So you get a factoring, you know, agreement and you can access that money. You're, you're basically doing that for the employee on the, uh, on the yes. other side. Yes. And so I'm curious. Charging any interest and things like that. So yeah. It makes it very, very convenient. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of curious. So talk us through how you went from kind of this initial idea to actually kind of coming up with the product, getting the product built, getting in the market. What have been some of the challenges, obstacles, you know, things that you've had to kind of overcome to make this product actually work and, and get it into market? So since when we started in 2011, 12, I was thinking about it. That's seven years ago. Yeah. So there was no one who had even remotely thought of this. Yeah. And I'd, so it started, interestingly enough, we never had to pivot the world came to us eventually. Mm. So, so 2013 is the first time we went live uh, publicly, and it was in uh, New Jersey. Oh, yeah. And it was it was a factory, and um, we went live, and there were a few hundred workers there. And for the first time, I heard them say that I don't have a bank account. So I said, "How am I going to get the money in the hands of these individuals?" Believe it or not, I bought a $2,000 ATM machine or a kiosk. And, oh, fascinating. Uh, yeah, And it, it wasn't an ATM. I put $2,000 inside it and I gave them a pin number to take the money. And the CEO was stunned. He says, every month I bring cash here to give advances to my employees because I don't want to lose them. Yeah. One thing led to another. So, so this was a big barrier that how do you get the money in the hands of people? Yeah. They didn't have a bank account. They didn't have a card. So how do you give it to them? Mm -hmm. You literally automated it. So that was an automation. But I couldn't put, you know, ATM machines across the country. <laughs> and ATM networks are not designed that you can add another transaction just on an ATM just like that. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. Older technology. Today, of course, Walmart is our partner. So if somebody needs cash, they walk into Walmart and pick it up. We yeah. give them a PIN number and you pick your cash from Walmart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there was a there was a regulatory side of it. We, I okay. spent you know, God knows how many times I've been to D.C. and, you know, meeting the various regulators, et cetera, like Consumer Finance Protection Bureau and so sure. forth. Then um, technology was a big how do you build? So we had to build literally build an entirely new payment infrastructure. Because we are, uh, in, in the payment uh, language, we are not only the issuer, the, but the acquirer, but the, uh, oh, yeah. the risk engine, the, we are everything because then the rails did not exist. Yeah. We are the mobile app. Uh, we are the kind of the bank because we are funding it. Mm -hmm. uh, we are also connecting to a fragmented industry, hundreds and thousands of employers. Yeah. Each one has a different payroll system. Oh, God, yeah different time and attendance system. Yeah. You've got to be crazy to take this one on, <laughs> and to, be, to be a pioneer in it. But I never thought about the technological or the regulatory challenges. Yeah. I knew that we are on the right side of mm -hmm. that. Technology I could build, we could yeah. build in our sleep. Yeah. Yeah. It was really about the life of that $12 an hour person. Yeah. Yeah. And how we could bring a smile yeah. in their life. It, it's really a crazy way to build a company, but I think it's the right way. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's certainly a, a, the right way in approaching something like this because you, you really have to, like, like, logically, I'm sure when, if someone were to sit down with you when you originally had the idea, they would sort of say you're crazy. Like, like trying to do they, this they is. They said it till two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, and 
And so talk to me about the challenges now, like as, as you've gotten traction, as you've you know been building the company, where are the big challenges? Is it, you know, getting capital to fund, you know, fund this stuff? Is it uh, talent? Is it getting into the right employers? Where are you seeing the, the challenges? What are you, what are you really focused on right now? I think uh, scaling is not an easy task and uh, scaling in a, in a market where there is confusion and land grab. Yeah. is is harder, right? The fast follower always has an advantage on the pioneer. Mm-hmm. Whether it's Google or Facebook, they're fast followers. Even Apple in its iPhone is a fast follower. Yeah. So yeah. fast followers benefit. So the challenge for a company like us, which pretty much built all the pieces which come together, the, the regulatory, the technological, the pricing, all those things had to be created from scratch. And yeah. for somebody else, if I started a company in uh, you know early wage or some daily whatever, so yeah. if I did this today, it would take me no time. Yeah. So how do you create barriers mm-hmm. uh, so that so you can do two ways? You can become you know you could have some proprietary thing, but there's nothing proprietary in paying paying people wages. Yeah. You get back. <laughs> we have a few. So what do you do? So these are the kind of things we think about. That what are we? So we see ourselves as a financial wellness company. Okay. We see ourselves as the American Express for the poor. We mm. see ourselves as bank for the unbanked. Yeah. That swath of people needs many things. Access to money is just one mm. piece of their lives. They need better auto loans. They need better uh, credit products. They plan, borrow, spend, save. All those things mm. matter to them. So they need a 401k that works. They need a retirement account that works. So we are seeing ourselves as a company which will provide all those things to them over the next year and decade. Mm -hmm. That is how we go from, you know, several million dollars in revenue to being a very large, uh, good company. Yeah. Billions, because there are 100 million people who need this. Yeah. No, it's a significant percentage. And then we are like, you know, Netflix without the content cost. We charge them a fixed fee mm-hmm. every month for the financial services. And whether we charge them $1 or $5 or $10 a month, if 10 million people use it, that's significant. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm sure, I, I know you've engaged in this and started this company because of the impact you wanted to have on people. Can you share one or two good stories of some of the the benefits or the, you know, how this has actually helped people with day-to-day, you know, challenges, struggles, how, how this has made an impact on people's lives? Yes. Uh, there are many uh, videos that have now been made with users of our service, employers, deployers of our service, mm-hmm. and few refrains come out each time. Yeah. Uh, peace of mind. Uh, the fact that I had access to this money was extremely, you know, it made me feel relaxed or yeah. reducing stress. If you had to go, so the psychological effect, there are two types of effects, Bruce, that we can calculate in life, the measured effect and mm-hmm. the psychological effect. Yeah. We will always gravitate towards the measured effect. 23% reduction in that. And I always say, really, what do you mean by 23%? Because anyone can come up with yeah. anything. Yeah. Like going from 2 to 2.2 can be a... So there is always the measured effect. So yeah. let me first cite a few measured effect um, numbers. So. Sure. Uh, last year, we moved $1 billion into the hands of lower income employees. That's wow. a significant number. Yeah. Several hundred thousand users used us. Um, we are a very fortunate company. We have you know, several hundred employers, maybe 500 plus employers mm-hmm. 
who use us. Walmart uses earned wage access from PayActive uh, and many, many other major companies. So these are measured impact, you yep. know, moving over a billion dollars and so forth. And $150, $200 at a time. Mm-hmm. So these are... We avoided, uh, some studies say that we avoided $120 million in fees. Wow. Helped avoid. So a typical person can lose about $200 every month because a $35 overdraft, two late fees, one payday loan, a couple of other transactional fees, balance below $1,500, $6 a month. Now, if you add it all together, on the average, a lower income worker is losing $200 a month. Wow. If you put $200 back in their pocket because they have earned it, but they're using it in all its, its you know, cost mm-hmm. of goods or whatever. Yeah. If that is what's happening, you just gave a few hundred thousand people a 7% raise. <laughs> this is a stimulus to the economy. Yeah. So that is type of the measured impact. Then yeah. the psychological impact. So much of this is kind of needless suffering. This money is not helping the employer. Mm-hmm. How does you know a few million dollars, which are earning one percent in a bank account, help the employer if they have it? I mean, if they don't have it, let's say it's a small business, that's a different matter. Mm-hmm. But if they have it, if they allowed this kind of a service, it's only going to make the employees happy. So there are many statistics now. Uh, we did a, a NPS Net Promoter Score. We do it all the time, and we ask the question that: uh, Would you recommend a colleague to this workplace? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's astounding. It's 84. These are NPS is usually single digit or negative. Yeah. I mean, uh, Apple has an NPS of 60. Yeah. So, so these are uh, you know good, thought out, hard metrics that we are discovering. Yeah. It is definitely making an impact, and very, very, very happy to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, for listeners, what type of company should really consider this? Do you see that there are certain industries or type of company, level of company that that really should look into this tool? So uh, I have a stated uh, objective that anyone who has an hourly worker mm-hmm. is welcome. I don't want to say that. And, you know, anyone who's uh, you know business leader like yourself or who talks about scaling, you'd always say, oh, how could you do that? <laughs> But uh, but I want whether you have five employees or 1.5 million. Yeah. I'm my customer is your hourly worker. So yeah. anyone who has hourly workers, we, we we will try to. Of course, there are different ways that we engage with very small companies mm-hmm. and you know mid size and large size. We have so anyone who has hourly employees and they ask for advances, or you can see that there is workplace financial stress. Yeah, and you and I would say. Uh, in the U.S., 80 million people are living uh, as hourly workers. About 40 percent of the population, over 100 million, is paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, I can't. I can assure you, if you walk down the street from you know where you're located, every business kind of needs it, or they're doing it just in an informal way. Yeah, helping their employees. Yeah. So that's the the way I think about it. So yeah. And if people want to find out more information about you, about PayActive, how how would they get that? So it's uh, payactive, www.payactive. It is without an E. Okay. So P-A-Y-A-C-T-I-V.com or go to earnwageaccess.com or timely. So we have all, because we crafted all these names. Yeah. So they all are. So that's the best way to reach us. If you Google our name, you will find uh, hundreds and thousands of links. Yeah. 
uh, about what we've done and uh, user stories and testimonials and so forth. Excellent. I'll make sure that those links are in the show notes so people can click through. Stefan, this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking some time with me today and uh, great work you're doing. You know, lots of uh, lots of kudos to you. And, and uh, I'm curious to see how things play out for you. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Scaling Up Services with business coach Bruce Eckfeldt. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets, and access other great content, visit the website at scalingupservices.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at scalingupservices.com slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.